welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the one, the only, the spectacular Jerry Springer. I think giving you that raise Absolutely, gave brother. me spectacular. <laughs> sure did. How much is it going to cost <laughs> you'll for get my, unbelievable? You'll, <laughs> you'll get my bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey. hey. Yay, Jerry, by the way, you know, uh, in a minute, uh, Jerry's going to talk about the mess that Republicans are making in transgender bathrooms. That's going to be interesting. Yay. And also our musical oh, guest God, tonight. I forgot to go. Yeah, we have Hoot and Holler who will join us uh, later in the program, and they're a great group. We'll be telling telling you more about. Uh, And by the way, we are periscoping not during the episode, though we might do that down the line at some point. But we're definitely periscoping Megan and Jerry at dinner at the post show dinner. Oh, we are. We are going to periscope. People can watch us Uh have dinner, and they can can watch us have dinner. They'll see that Jerry wears a bib. We say. Yeah, I do wear nah, a bib. Don't worry about it. We say whatever we want. <laughs> we seriously, well, we got to put a lock on that for real, though. Yeah. No, because you're, you're eating chili and it splashes. I understand. And I wear it depends. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. But that's, we'll get to that later with it. Yeah, when Jerry goes into the bathroom, we'll have him periscope while he's in there. Uh, <laughs> periscope, if you don't that's know. That's not a periscope. If, that's not <laughs> a periscope. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey. You don't have it. Oh, Come on. Oh, I just got that. This is a family. Oh, yeah. Periscope is an app that is attached to, owned by actually Twitter. So uh, short of it is you can, you know, people can talk in real time and you can see them in real time doing whatever the hell they're doing. So uh, it's kind of interesting. That would be cool. Jerry, I got to ask you something. You've been talking so much about all the people in the time you were mayor of Cincinnati, which wasn't that long, but you gave keys to the city to so many people. Right. And celebrities. And I'm wondering if you've ever thought of having a reunion of all those people. Or you you admit you did it just to meet those people. That's what I did it. Rattle off again. Well, you did it another episode. Rattle off the keys, kind of people you, know, you Well, gave also keys because to. I wanted to meet them, but I also wanted them to bring their talent to Cincinnati, and we had concerts. So I gave one to, you know, to Bob Dylan, to Linda Ronstadt, to Bruce Springsteen, wow. uh, Dolly Parton. These are big people. Um, yeah. yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that Linda Ronstadt, she has uh, coincidentally a nephew who lives in the city of Cincinnati, and he happens to know David Pruce of Ambient Studios, who does a lot of recording work and records a lot of artists, uh, musicians. So I have talked to Michael Ronstadt and invited him. He has a band called Ronstadt Generations. Oh, cool. And it's called that because Linda Ronstadt's brother uh-huh. is in the band. Really? Along with Linda Ronstadt's nephew and her other nephew. So it's father, son, son, and a couple of other uh, really players. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So we've asked them to be on the podcast and in the, at a future episode. Do, I, uh, they they do I give them a key? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why, why don't, don't we give you... them a key from Ludlow? Now that's Boom. an idea. Oh. Hey. 
We know. We'll talk to Alicia. Now, let, yeah. You are not. You are. Let's let's be honest. You are not the duly sworn mayor of Ludlow, Kentucky. Let's don't get no. In but trouble. I've been sworn at. In You've Ludlow, been sworn Kentucky. at. Yeah. So that counts. But sworn you could at. actually. <laughs> in Ludlow. You know, we should talk. We should talk to the mayor of Ludlow. See, I know him and, and see if they have keys to the city. And we'll see if the, it, it, that key is uh, bigger than uh, the Cincinnati key. All of a yeah. sudden, I'm sounding like Trump. Yeah, like right. Yeah. Bigger than yours. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, hey, small I land, small keys. Oh, <laughs> right. my God. <laughs> I thought you were better than that. I yeah. was wrong. No, man. No, you didn't. You did not think I was better. No, than I did not. You never right. did. <laughs> well, I try to be better than that, and that's why I bring up my cousin Michael, who's oh, just. Shut up. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> oh, not Michael again. So Michael spent 21 years in a monastery. <laughs> I heard. And yeah. left after 21. Were they allowed years. to talk in that monastery, Gene? No, most of the time, no. <laughs> But if my you can't cousin, talk serious, and this is a serious question, are they really not allowed to talk at all ever? Or is they like, can they talk on well, Sundays? I, yeah, or, I mean, what am I going to act like? I know, your... I don't really know, but I'm going to say no, never. They never <laughs> talk. <laughs> not allowed to talk. So what if you talk in your sleep? You're out. Well, don't. So but they, they're doing their the... service. To, they, they are talking to a higher power. Let's put it that way. Yes. My cousin Michael left after 21 years. He's not particularly happy. He's all full of turmoil. He's got a therapist. He's drinking a lot of beer. I had a beer with him the other night. And he and told he me, finally, Jerry and Megan, why he quit. Why is that? Because I thought there were other Please reasons. Please tell us why. why. <laughs> I can't so, wait. <laughs> so my cousin became a confidant of the head monk, like the, t the top friar. Yeah. And he and they did talk some in the work that they did. And they were in the vault. And in this vault, they had scrolls of all of the primary documents. If you ever studied history in college, mm -hmm. a primary document is the, like the document. The thing, yeah. And then they had those in the vault. And then they would scribe them. Some monks would make other scrolls, copies, if you will, and pass them out throughout the world and over centuries. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they're in the, in the vault, in the head monk. Uh, he hadn't been in charge of this duty for long, maybe a year. And he sort of grinned and pulled down and said, well, look at one of these. And he looked at one, he smiled, rolled it back up and put it up, rolled down another one, opened it up. And then my cousin said, he turned away, rubbed his eyes, like to do a second take, looked back at it, and dropped it on the floor. Oh my gosh, what did it say? Fell to his knees and put his face in his hands. And my cousin ran over to him and he said, what's wrong? And he said, it says, celebrate, not celibate. <laughs> uh, hey, Gene. Man, you see what I'm saying? They hey, left hey, the R out when they scribed that. <laughs> Pass that out over time. <laughs> It's a difference between getting laid oh. and like, you know, making wooden benches oh. or something. You know? Hey, Gene, what's red and bad for your teeth? What's red and bad for your teeth? I don't know. A brick. Uh, oh, yeah, see? <laughs> that's my okay joke. Yeah, see, that's yeah. good material. That good. Yeah. Uh, I like that that's, joke. No, it, it, it's great after riots. Right? <laughs> oh. uh, see, you had to turn it dark. I, no, no, I'm, I, I mean to make it light. Yes. <laughs> it's a light brick. It's I don't light. know. Oh, we actually, you guys are telling jokes, and, uh, you know, Mickey's getting upset because I'm doing all these jokes, you know, about, you know, her cooking, and, right. you know, in our house we pray after the meal and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but uh, but then, you know, lately we've been making up, and she's been, you know, she's 
even at our age, she's getting. Are <laughs> you referring to like having your intimate moments, yeah. Yeah. as you once called it? Yeah. I mean, oh the other God. honestly, oh, the other man. the other night, she greeted me at the door in a negligee. Oh yeah. Yeah. The problem was she was coming home. <laughs> but, but she was in Cleveland. Was really, yeah, she was coming home from Cleveland. Yeah. And I said, home "Where?" Yeah. So that, that was the only negative about it. Oh, and you know, gosh. we're headed, we're headed for Cuba. And as we are, well, we're streaming live now. So yep. if you're hearing this in an archive version, oh, you can always, listening. here's how we do this. You go to our website. We have the schedule of when we are recording and uh, on that schedule, it's always at seven thirty Eastern time, typically a Tuesday. And then, uh, it's streamed live. You can listen to it live at jerryspringer.com or you can go to your, any app on your cell phone that has podcasts. So a lot of people listen to these archived, meaning after they've happened, but we are leaving next week yep. to go to Cuba on a people-to-people tour. Right. Yep. And while we're there, we will learn things, gather information, come back and do some podcast episodes giving our take on what's happening in Cuba. Better right. yet, this Nueva Trova movement is very cool, and it's the, the folk music movement of Cuba starting back after the revolution of 1959. And we are hopeful we're going to meet some of those singers. Uh, Casey yep. Campbell's going with us. He's going to perform some while we're down there, whether it's, you know, sitting on the seawall in Havana or, you know, at a smaller town that we visit uh, on day trips. So we're really looking forward to this. And, Megan, I have to tell you, because mm-hmm. as a producer, I've made arrangements for accommodations. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. name the hotel, but trust me when I tell you. Jerry Springer is staying in a hotel that when you see it, I've only seen pictures. Yeah. You're going to be like WTF. I believe I mean, that. it is. <laughs> Leftover probably before the revolution yeah. from America, you know. No, okay, yeah, so, and so specifically though, it's very nice. Jerry's staying there. Jerry and his lovely wife are staying there. Yeah. Where are we staying? We're staying with normal people. <laughs> oh, okay. We're staying like not you there. would stay there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We are not staying there. We're not staying there. No. So, there's, and, so, the, so the class is preserved. <laughs> That's good. The yeah. rank and class are preserved. Well, it's in my contract. that. Um, you it's know, in the business plan? Yeah. Hey, get your own show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then you Fair get enough. a nice hotel. <laughs> yeah, and no, because, yes, I, I, I wanted to stay at a, a nice place. And it's actually very, yeah. it looks to be it, very It looks beautiful. beautiful. You've yeah. seen pictures of it, yes, too, right? Yes, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. it looks That's very really cool. You know, that Castro, you know, Done some good things. That's some good things for, no. for some of you guys. We have to be careful what we say when we're there. Yeah, I'm thinking, is it possible? I mean, we joke around, but yeah. you know, some. I know we're going, but there's no guarantee we're coming back. Correct. <laughs> Why don't they let you get a round trip ticket? <laughs> it's only one way. And wonder no. if we should not like. We not, should ask. We have a, a guide, but maybe we should like not say anything. What do we before. know about this guide? That's also well, true. Actually, I have that. This guide is real good. Oh. I think you're going to like uh, the yeah. backstory on. Uh, As you're the in the next cell for me, you remind me of no, how good. Is, no, she is good. This is very, this is, yeah. is very good so stuff. It's our and, cultural uh, exchange. This is a cultural exchange. This yep. is what is pathetic that they're using me as part of the cultural exchange. It's so exchange. Sad. I know. They're going to want to stay communist. Right. It's absolutely, they will. <laughs> If I'm an if example, this is the option. if I'm an example of capitalism, good lord, who Get it would out. want it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So true. I'm telling you, and I've said this on several occasions, that with all the joking about my show, my show has saved the American taxpayer a lot of tax money, because when other countries see my show, they no longer want to take us over. There you go. So we. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we're good. we <laughs> saved the defense dollars. <laughs> now you know it's unbelievable There's how much no... I've saved our country. Yeah. And, and Megan, we're getting deluge with people who would like to date Megan. Okay. You know, if you go to <laughs> in Cuba. Go, in Cuba. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask. So I talked to a guy today. I vetted him. I did the. And you're the pre- so good at the vetting process. The, you truly are. I did the pre the pre vet <laughs> before he, he comes in. Well, I didn't ask that question. Darn I didn't. Well, what? I didn't think to ask that. Uh, you are a horrible vetter. You truly are. seems like a nice guy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of married guys are nice. <laughs> yeah. What are the what are what are the qualifications, Gene? What are the what are the checks that you're going through on, in your All vetting right, step process? One. Is he breathing or at least recently? Thank you. Yeah, that's one. Step one is okay. they have to go to the website. Explain to everybody this is for a date with Megan. Okay, Someone at JerrySpringer.com, there is a a sidebar that says, "Would I you like to date were a Megan?" Lie. I wish this wasn't true. We're trying oh, no, to fix true. Megan up. Oh, this is true. It's <laughs> so true. And so you click there, and then you fill out a form, and you send it in. So that's that's primarily the only thing you have to right, do. That's it. If you can type if your you name type. in, click, click, click. So here's the truth. You here's the absolute fields. truth about this. <laughs> this is really sad because, like, you know, I, I date. I'm out there. I'm on, you know, dating sites, not Tinder, but on other dating sites. Right. But, you know, you share. Oh, North Rinder. North Rinder. North no. Rinder. <laughs> but you share, you know, eventually you share last name. Well, the first thing that you do is you Google somebody, Right. So they Google me, and this is what pops up. And the first thing that they see is a banner that says, who wants to date Megan? And they're going, is that true? what the hell is this? Yes. Is that true? And then I have to tell them I about this I love that. I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, it's oh. the very th- first thing that pops up. It's like pictures of the website and then the big who wants to date Megan banner. And they're That's like, who wonderful. is this chick? What That's is this wonderful. all about? How'd that happen? I, I guess... don't know, Gene. <laughs> did we pay to make that happen? Maybe we did. We David, might have paid. what do you know about this? <laughs> I don't I think know anything about well, it. Well, how's it going? It's not going well. <laughs> <laughs> you do what with what? With yeah. What? <laughs> okay, so that's what you do. So you fill out the form, you send it in, and then we go into really heavy vetting. We really go to work to kind of <laughs> dig in and find out. Oh, uh, we've got some side. <laughs> We're going to close the door. <laughs> Let's yeah. hear it for the band. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Oh, there is one other thing about this, Megan. When we go to Cuba, oh, I, I have to admit, I took a little bit of the podcast budget money and I bought some billboards in Cuba. <laughs> Would you like to date Megan? Go to jerryspringer.com. But you know, but we put it in Spanish. Well, that's great. Thanks, guys. We I don't tell speak you Spanish that well, so I'm not sure what the, what the hell it says. Yeah. But exactly. Yeah. Just about Megan. Something about Sista. <laughs> what? <laughs> That what? Let that just about let your go. sister. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Jerry. No, would you would you like to date <laughs> my sister? My sister. Oh. And then drop it right there. Just, We're not going to do oh that. That's God. not an okay. I sure joke. did. Enjoy. It. Thank you. <laughs> 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 it's went off the rails quickly. <laughs> hey, Jerry. Yeah. What? I'd like to ask you something. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I know the answer to this. It's, I think it's a resounding no, but it's just one of these things you got to ask every now and then. Have you ever been locked up in jail? Have you ever been to jail? Yes. You're kidding me. For real? The answer is yes. I've been in jail. Arrested and in jail. Well, not really arrested. Um, Escorted into the cell. Yeah, but it was, well, here's what happened. Um, And uh, I was on uh, city council 
was like my in first Cincinnati, in correct. Cincinnati. It was my first year actually on on city council, and one of the big issues Cincinnati at the time had what we called the workhouse, and the workhouse was uh, a literally a, a a prison or fort from the Civil War era, and it was just oh, I mean it was architecturally mm -hmm. you looked at it wow you know you, you'd want to preserve it on the one hand but on the other hand it was 100 years old it was just in horrible horrible condition and it was used as the local jail and the problem with one it was unlivable conditions and they put people in that jail some of whom were serious criminals mm -hmm. and some were just waiting for trial so it was a it was a horrible mix to begin with and one of my issues had been that we should tear down the workhouse or you know, build a new facility, that the conditions there were inhumane. And when I say inhumane, a cell was six feet by four feet. There was a board that came out from the wall, and they had a very thin, you know, a one-inch mattress that you lay on, and there was a bucket there that you went to the bathroom in. And the facility, it was Horrible, horrible, you know, rats all over the place. It was really filthy. So that was one of my issues. And one of the ways we thought that we could bring attention to it is I arranged through the warden and the city safety director that I would go in under an assumed name because, remember, I had just been elected, so it wasn't like I, people recognized my face. I wasn't well-known. and uh, But I would go in under an assumed name, and the cover was going to be that was a traffic violation. I hadn't paid tickets for whatever, so I was in there for three days. And then I would go in, and I'd be able to see for myself, because, you know, you get reports about what these places are like, but until you really see it, you can't speak in any articulate fashion or educated fashion about what it's really like. So that was arranged. So I went in. They assigned me to a cell, and, and then I saw what these conditions were, and it was horrible. But the first night there, I recognized that I wasn't getting to see an awful lot because I was in this six-by-four cell. So I didn't have a chance to talk with the other cellmates and to kind of get what their views about what all this is like, et cetera. So I worked it out the next day that they would put me in the bay area where it's like the sick bay. Mm -hmm. So you would be in a bed, but you'd be there with a bunch of other prisoners, and you, you had the chance to really interact beyond the one hour a day that they let you out. So I did that the second day. Well, someone in the prison had, it could have been a guard or whatever, had uh, back then they were trans, this was 1972 or 70, yeah, 72, uh, a transistor radio, and somehow the story got out that Councilman Springer is in the workhouse. Oh, and it, they heard this while we're all there having breakfast. You know, you sit in a with all you know these long tables, cafeteria style, and you're sitting there having breakfast. And then all of a sudden, some of the guys, "Hey, Councilman Springer, here. which one's Springer? Which one's Springer?" Oh, so you're making friends. <laughs> oh, and I'm thinking this is not good. So I stand up. Which one's Springer? Which one's Springer? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was shaking. Get him. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm not that muscular of a fellow. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and uh, and then I kind of worked my way over to one of the guards, because I'm not sure the guards knew. 
you know, they wanted to keep this quiet. And I said to, so I went to one of the guards and I said, I'm Springer, could you kind yeah. of get everyone quiet and I'll, I'll talk a little bit, but you should get the warden. I'm in here, blah, blah. So yeah. that's what happened. And then I got up on one of the tables and I talked for a half hour and listened to their complaints and arguments and such. And then we came out of the workhouse. But of course, in typical fashion, the media dealt with Springer in prison, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and but that that was the night, uh, the two huh. nights. I well, one night and one day. I, it didn't last three days because once the jig was once up. Was up yeah. But they told me what the issues were, and the truth was, uh, lawsuits were then filed, and ultimately the uh, workhouse was shut down, and we had the new facility here. So that was a way back then that you brought attention to issues. Um, by, you know, if you want to talk about the pollution in the little Miami River, you, you went down to the river and you did something like that. So this was a way to deal with the issue, but that was the only time hmm. that, uh, that, I, <laughs> that, that I went to bed. I didn't want to go back. And, I bet. and so I decided, you, you know, know what? I'm going to obey the law. All of your stories have to do with you getting out of stuff, though. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you it's talked about the Army, and yeah. he almost got beat up, and yeah, he had yeah. to give it. You talk yeah. about this, and you almost, yeah. come on now. My whole life is almost. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. Uh, my whole life is almost. Hey, I will tell you, and I'll, I'll, I'll brag on you, as we say in Kentucky, uh, you're too humble to do this, but Springer was an expert from the get-go mm -hmm. on how to make things happen, solve problems, get changes to occur legislatively by capturing the interests of the media. Mm -hmm. So that, and you could call it a political stunt. I'm sure yeah. even back then some people called yeah. it a political stunt, but check it out. The workhouse is gone. Right. And it was gone shortly after that. And they built a jail nonetheless. I mean, it's a miserable place. I'm sure you wouldn't want to be in there, but but it's a clean, modern place and still is. So good for you for doing that. I remember another thing that maybe you chat about this for a second too, is uh, you came up with this idea of the mobile city hall. Tell, tell us uh, why you did it and what was it? How did it work? Yeah, it, it, it's probably a function of the, the hippie era, era. I mean, we were all, it was all, everything was out on the streets. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so we got one of the guys, Clem Bezo, one of the guys uh, literally had a uh, Winnebago. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we decided to make that our city hall. And we called it, uh, you know, our mobile city hall. And every, let's say, Tuesday night, I don't remember what night it was, we would be, Cincinnati had 44 neighborhoods. Each Tuesday night or whatever, we would be in a different community and we tell people what corner we'd be we'd be on, and people would come with whatever their complaints want, you know, were about they wanted a traffic light here, or they, mm -hmm. they wanted the garbage pickup, whatever the problem. And we had a whole staff with us in this mobile mobile city hall. I remember the night that uh, Pete Rose's wife came with a, with his kid, and you know they wanted something done, and I said, "Yeah, how about tickets to the game, baby?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I scratch I my what, back, I scratch yeah. yours. Oh, sure, I'm a politician. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the Mobile City Hall, and we gave out these. That's what I handed out at your mom's funeral. Yes, uh, the, the flyers. Very crass, flyers. but you did, yeah. Or, or was it your dad? I think it was your dad. It was my dad's funeral, yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> no, but they had all these phone numbers to call. And the one that got the most attention was for dead animals. 
Oh, yeah. If you see a dead animal on the street, who you call, you know, so it was all the. How did we get on that subject? Oh, oh yeah. No, but that was, that was, was a service directory. So yeah. you're saying service the service directory. directory was part of the drill of Mobile City of Hall. Of Mobile City Hall. But again, I'll tell you, that was utterly innovative when right. that happened. No one had done that before. Since then, people have copied it. And uh, it, was, it just showed the, how ingenious you and the staff were on approaching good service and government. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, I'm willing to take the risks because I think a lot of people have like those ideas. I want to get out. I want to, you know, you want to get to the people, quote unquote, but to actually get out and do it and make it. It difference. was fun. Look we were, what was it? We were 20. I was what, 26, 28. That's right. I mean, you're, 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 so you're a young, young kid. It's just fun to, I mean, honestly, sure, you, you, you wanted to do good, but I got to tell you, it's the best job. I've said this a million times in interviews. The best job I ever had was being mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah. By far. Yeah, it was Yay. the greatest <laughs> job. Yeah. yeah. And we've hey, never been let's the same. Tell. And hey. let me add one other thing. The lowest paying job I've ever had was mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's tell so this. find somebody else, huh? I'm out. I'm out of no, here. No, let's, Jay, I, I'm going to start to tell this. You're going to tell it, but I'm, and you jump out of this if you decide you don't want this told. I don't think you will. <laughs> there, the last go round for mayor yes. in Cincinnati. Yeah. So whatever that was two years ago, three years ago. No one knows, but you gave consideration to running for that. Oh, right. Are you willing to tell that? Because you did, because you have a small team of political people, and, uh, and, and you gave some thought to that. I, and then- I, yeah, I had thought about it. I, this is true, and you know, you're my closest friend, so you, we go through this drill every two years, every year. <laughs> Both of us are very active in politics, particularly with the Democratic Party in Ohio and Cincinnati. And so when you're active in politics and you appear on all these cable shows talking about politics or whatever, invariably two things happen. One, unfailingly, you're asked for financial contributions. That never ends. (laughs) Uh, There are 20 requests a day. Oh, I bet. All around the country. I bet. From the candidates wanting money, et cetera. Okay, that's part of the deal, fine, and I love once in a while doing it. So that's the one thing. But the other thing, whenever there's an election coming up, your name gets thrown in mm-hmm. but just because you're active and you're known. You know, I don't want to say this, but was I the precursor to Trump? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is your fault. It is all your I know. fault. Well, do you Some- remember, by the way, on that point, and this is what made me bring this up, is that days before the actual filing deadline, with too little time to react, even if you had taken an interest, yeah. the newspaper record in Cincinnati, on the edit- that's what made me bring this up, on the editorial the, page. The Inquirer, Cincinnati Inquirer. Cincinnati Inquirer. It's a yeah. big-time Gannett newspaper. And they had an editorial in which they said, we ought to be looking out of the dots if we really want to jumpstart this city. And they had four or five names, none of whom filed and ran. And they were like real whiplash kind of candidates. And your name was on the list. In fact, it was the best name on the list. And I remember calling you saying, you got to, because it was easy to do to just go to the uh, Cincinnati.com and read it. But you had given some conversation to it, dismissed it, decided not to do it, didn't act on it. And then real late in the game, they brought it up. And I remember saying to you, if they had done that piece a month earlier, 
it would have been one of the things that someone like me would have said, you really got to look at this. Because I'm convinced today that if you went into any city and you became the mayor of the city, there is an innovative spirit that you have, mm -hmm. a sharp political mind, connection yep. with the people. And I am announcing on behalf of Jerry Springer tonight <laughs> that he will run, he will he move will into Ludlow, Kentucky in the next six months, and he will run for mayor in the great southern city of Ludlow, Kentucky. Jerry Springer. I think we can do better here in Ludlow, and I ask for your support. And well, yeah, thank you very we much. My first endorsement. We have the former mayor of Ludlow yeah. sitting in the room. No, no, we now do. mayor, mayor of Ludlow. I'm not going to name anybody. But just yeah. calm down, relax. <laughs> it's a podcast. We're yeah, just joking. We're mayor really of no one's yeah. probably no. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, we did uh, talk about it for a very little bit. But of course, you know, we're not 25. We're not 30 anymore. And you know, as particularly my age, you know. All of a sudden, there are a whole bunch of other responsibilities in your life. Family, all the people that work for you. I mean, just, mm -hmm. you know, really establishing a new residence, selling houses and doing all that. It's not, it's so oh. much easier when you're young I'm and you're either single or just married and the world, you, you decide what you want to do. Clearly, if I was back in my 20s or 30s, I wouldn't have, for a second, I wouldn't have thought not to do it. Uh, it, you know, regardless of what the chances are. But as you get on later in life and you realize everything you do has a consequence, you know, and I want to see my grandson. You know, yeah, I mean, it's things like that. You, you don't even want to put in newspapers as a public reason, but you start to say, ah, time's passed me by. So and you never ask any, for anybody to feel sorry for you, but having just... But you, if you but want to send a couple of bucks, <laughs> you know, I have expenses. I'm expensive. Well, like this podcast. I, that, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, you have seven homes around the world. I mean, only four of which are in America. So just that alone. Look, the the I'll say flat alone. out America is one of my favorite countries. There we go. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> that is hey, a bold statement. And you so. can quote me on it, tape it. Hey, speaking of <laughs> politics, uh, Lately, Republicans, conservatives, uh, just sort of stumble into or intentionally find themselves uh, into pits of controversy. And the latest in this changing culture is to state by state, legislative bodies and Republican governors taking on uh, transgender people who simply want to have privacy that relates to how they gender identify or sex identify. Can you speak to that? Because I know you've had some thoughts on it that yeah, I think uh, are pretty interesting. Just quickly to say as a first thing, um, look, you can be a Republican and be a very responsible Republican, so I'm not attacking people who happen to be Republican. But I will say the Republican Party in this year has... I think, forfeited its right to lead this country. The party, I'm not saying individual Republican people, but the party, it is disgraceful. It is embarrassing, and you only start with Trump, and you go to Cruz, and then you start going to all these governors and the issues they're passing. I mean, think about it just for a second. You've got all these really important issues that America's faced with. 
whether you're talking about ISIS, the threat from North Korea, you're talking about uh, Iran, you're talking about the economy, uh, minimum wage, global warming, all these uh, the conditions of our schools, our education system, all these critical issues to the future of our country. And then you get a Republican Party with the things they're campaigning. I'm not making this up. Cruz has been going around, even though by the time people hear this, he won't be a significant factor anymore. But, you know, Cruz is talking about, by God, I support the law in North Carolina, which says you, the only bathrooms you can use are those bathrooms that coincide with whatever gender you had when you were born. Really, is that how many times until you read about this North Carolina ordinance, which says transgender people cannot go whatever gender they changed into or chose to become is irrelevant. Whatever they were the day they were born, that's the only bathroom they can go to. How many people do you know that ever had this discussion? Can we find one case in America? And so far it's been mentioned on the air and no one's come up with one case. Remember, 320 million people. One case of a transgender person molesting a child in a bathroom. Can't find one case. So we're going to now make in this presidential race a key issue what we do about transgenders, what bathroom they go into. You wonder why the rest of the world laughs at us? Are these clowns wanting to lead the free world, lead our country? How much disrespect do we have for the presidency and for the United States of America and for the free world if we're giving serious thought to these people as being our leaders. This debate wouldn't happen in the third grade. Now, it is an example only of sheer, sheer prejudice. There's no other issue involved here other than prejudice. We're not talking about public safety. We're not talking about statistics show. We're not talking about pedophilia. None of this stuff. And how does this, how does this all work? First of all, I don't understand even the practical consequences of such a law. North Carolina passes a law, which the governor signs, which says, as I said, you can only go to a bathroom that coincides with whatever gender you had on your birth certificate when you were born. So, let's say you were born a man and you now became a woman. So you want to go into the woman's bathroom. Well, I'll be honest, I haven't been in women's bathrooms. But what my wife tells me is all they have in the women's bathroom are stalls. So if you were a man at birth and now you're a woman, what do you worry about? You're in a private stall. Don't bother looking. Now let's say it's reverse. You were born a woman and you decided you really felt inside that you were a man. So you became a man. Well, you're either a pre-op transsexual or a post-op. Pre-op means you live as a woman you dress as a woman, you might already have breasts, but you haven't yet had uh, the surgery down below. 
Well, if you're still a woman below your waist, you can't go to a urinal anyway. So you're going to wind up in the stall. Once again, the privacy of the stall. So therefore, no one has to feel embarrassed, okay? So that's not an issue. Now, what about this? Well, if you have someone who was born a man, even though they became a woman, what if there's a little girl in the girl in the ladies' room? Well, first of all, there are no such cases of uh, crimes happening from a transgender person doing that. But secondly, if that's your concern, then what about if there's a gay man who's a pedophilia? How do I know when I go to the bathroom there's not some guy that's going to be, well, no one would be turned on by me, but <laughs> that there's a, a guy going into the bathroom. In other words, if you worry, are we now saying children are not permitted in adult bathrooms because the adult in that bathroom, in the woman's bathroom, the adult might be a lesbian who wants to attack a, a little girl, or in the men's room, it could be a, a gay guy who wants to attack a little boy. And why do we think that people who are gay or transgender are any more likely to commit sexual crimes than heterosexual people? Because we know that's not the case. It has nothing to do with, with that. So this is a law that has no purpose other than to be able to put a badge on you as you run for office to say, or even to say, I am a proud conservative, right-wing, not even a, a good Christian wouldn't say that. I mean, but it, it, just using it as a label, there's no justification for that, none. It is just a way to be mean to people that are transgender. And let me tell you, most of us, 90% of the public, and myself included, when we were growing up, we knew very little about it. The first time I ever heard about someone transgender was when I was a kid. There was Christine Jorgensen, mm -hmm. was the, first, the Swedish uh, man who became a woman. And I remember reading about that, and that was in the news, but I didn't really understand it. But So I figured a man became a woman. They must have done something. Here's the part which we don't understand. And as soon as we don't understand something we should protect ourselves from becoming prejudiced because we have to admit we don't understand it. I oftentimes have people on my show, we have a lot of transgender people on the show, and I often ask them, if it, let's say it's a guy who decides to become a woman, and I had one case that I remember. It was a 45-year-old married man. They had three children. And one day he comes home and he tells his wife, I can't go on with this anymore. I've lived 45 years. And inside, I know I'm really a woman, even though I look like a man. And I'm going to have the sex change. And he was just an awfully nice gentleman and all that. But he, he wanted to become a woman. He felt like he was a woman trapped in a man's body. So I asked him, and I still don't know it because I'm not one. I said, how did you, growing up and your whole life, how do you know that you're a woman? Because if someone asked me, how do I know I'm a man? No jokes here at all. 
how do I know I'm a man? The only way I know I'm a man is because when I look in the mirror, I've got the parts of a man. I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, that I like sports, women like sports, that I like going to Broadway shows. You know, men go to Broadway shows. In other words, I, I don't know what it is, but obviously there are a whole bunch of people that feel that. So there must be something which makes you feel, even when your friends are playing, you know something's different about you, that, gee, I'm really not a boy, I'm really a girl. And I'm not sure what that is. But why would we discriminate against someone that feels it? No one would choose to go through all, all of this just for fun. You got to think, this is really weighing on them. And one more thing on this subject. When we are born, there are probably millions of cells involved, the development of the cells in the embryonic stage, that all click exactly in sequence, exactly right, to make what we think is a usual, if not a normal human being. But every once in a while, of those millions of cells, there's some aberration Two of the cells didn't connect, or you know, the, one of the chromosomes was upside down, whatever it was. I'm obviously not using medical terms, but you get the point. Now, when some of those cells don't work exactly right, you could be born deaf. You could be born blind. You could have any one of these aberrations, and we never make fun of these people. No one says, oh, look, that person's blind, or, you know, uh, that person is mentally deficient or something. You know, immediately, we, we right away stop anybody joking. You know, we have telethons. We have special schools for the disabled, etc. So why is it when we can have such a good heart that those particular cells didn't work out right, why is it when the cells that don't work out just right are the ones that have to do with gender— why is that okay to be prejudiced against the person that had that fact at birth? It's just indecent. This North Carolina law is indecent. There's no justification for it. Someone who thinks that way is just being mean. And if the Republican Party can't see that, people that are listening that are Republicans, I'm assuming you're good, decent people. Then you have to speak to your party and the people that are running for office and tell them, do not speak for our party when you pass such laws and behave in such a way that shows a meanness that is not part of our character. Yeah. Jerry Springer is on fire tonight, and I just beseech you, go to Springer. Did I talk about my wife's cooking? Oh, my no. gosh. Go to springerformayor.com. <laughs> no. <laughs> and please send in contributions with checks made out to Gene Galvin. Yes, yeah. Gene with a J. Yeah. yeah. I'm just joking. Just, it's a business plan. It's, we get it's it. a part of your business plan. Hey, we have a group tonight, Jerry and Megan called Hoot and Holler. And let me, as they're getting set up, let me uh, talk a little bit about them. They uh, literally live on the road, which shows their work ethic as two young musicians. 
that are just out and I've been on their website and they, they're performing here, you know, in this area and they're, it's just unending. It's Michigan, it's Oregon, it's California. Cool. They hail yeah. from Boston after, uh, Amy Alvey, who is one of the group members, and she's from first California, but she went to the Berkeley College of Music in Boston and met her uh, bandmate, Mark Kiliansky. I hope I pronounce that, Mark, and correctly. Perfect, and, beautiful. All right, thanks. <laughs> and uh, so they're, they're like out on the road constantly. They're uh, more than regionally known. They're nationally known. And uh, Mark plays guitar. Amy plays the fiddle. And uh, we're going to ask them to do their first song, and we'll talk about it when they're done. So here's Hoot and Holler.
Good stuff. Hoot and holler. And by the way, uh, Amy, both of these guys are well-trained classically from the Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Mm-hmm. And Amy, you've performed at Music Hall, haven't you, as a violinist? Uh, well, I performed at Carnegie Hall. Or Carnegie Hall, I yeah, meant to say. Part um, of back in high school. My, my high school did a competition there. So, yeah, I, that was probably one of the greatest moments ever and we're oh, also I can uh, imagine. Yeah. really looking forward to opening up for Ricky Skaggs next weekend at the Ludlow Garage. Wow. So. Nice. Oh yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Hero oh. of mine for sure. Yeah, good for you. And I know Mark, you uh, were telling me the other day here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor mm-hmm. that you do some farming in Montana, correct? Yeah, uh, I had a little break from tour so I took a month to go to Bozeman, Montana and work on a farm and Kind of, it was my first time doing any like extended work on a farm, and it was great, man. Being outside, using your body, being around yeah. animals and growing stuff. Yeah, and totally different from, better. from playing music and clubs and coffee shops. It's very different. You got to wake up real early. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. That is real different. Which I got yeah. used to, thankfully. And by the way, you could hear their music at uh, hootandhollermusic.com. And would you guys do us a second song? Yeah. Oh, we sure would. All right. Uh, this one is not on the website, but it's a new one that Mark wrote. Called the blue sky, no friend of mine. I lost my dear grandma on a clear sunny day. The gunman was ten thousand miles away. My mama and papa work hard to get by. Hard when there's fear in the sky Used to play in the streets Without worry or strife Now I hide in my house And I pray for my life When the clouds roll in All my cares disappear I wonder, dear God Why, oh why Are we living in fear? I pray and I pray That the sky will be If the sky becomes clear, for my life I will fear, the blue sky ain't no friend of mine. I used to soar through the sky for my country and kin, now I sit in a bunker and I stare at a screen. I fight with a joystick 12 hours a day, my Ten thousand miles away I take down the bad guys And go home to my wife Cross the big skin with Junior And thank God for my life Hit the bottle each night But I take home my pay And I wonder, dear God Why, oh why Are we fighting this way? sun never shines If the sky becomes clear For my life I will fear The blue sky ain't no friend
afford to go back to my hometown Bought an eight dollar coffee and I sat myself down I looked at the TV, the newscaster said It's a bloodbath in Brussels, over thirty lay dead And every time Langley gives the order to kill The reapers and predators fire at will There's an innocent bystander caught in that hell We're a little Likely to end up the victims ourselves. I pray and I pray that the sky will be gray. I pray that the sun never shines. If the sky becomes clear, for my life I will fear the blue sky. I got Amy Alvey. Yeah, uh, someone should open for you guys. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jerry? You want to yeah, open? Oh, yeah. Don't encourage yeah. it. He will. You Don't haven't heard that. me sing just yet. <laughs> uh, By the way, one of Amy's passions is uh, rock climbing. That's right. And oh, yeah. technic technical climbing. And uh, uh -huh. I was uh, sitting here listening to you th singing and thinking, man, it'd be so cool if we could get Jerry Springer down into the Red River Gorge and have oh. you get him hanging off some rock face down there. Hey, anytime, Jerry. Why don't you just shoot me in the face? <laughs> or hit him with that red brick, right? Right, right, right with red yeah, brick. Yeah, where's right? that red brick? What's yeah. the point? Yeah, um, actually, this past month while Mark was in Montana, um, my friend Maria Corelli, who works here at the Folksville yeah. Coffee Parlor, we, we did a tour from Yosemite to the Red River Gorge where we were climbing and playing shows along the way. So we just got well, what off What a that. great idea. I so got to tell you, because cool. I was following it on Facebook because yeah. I'm a Facebook friend with Maria. Oh, awesome. And I thought, man, that is just an amazing modern thing to do of just chase your passion of rock climbing mm -hmm. and just playing gigs all along the way. To, Love it. You know, I think that's just a great thing i just can't relate to climbing no. i mean <laughs> we i'm the only guy that got literally one day i got stuck on an escalator <laughs> oh, for Cheerio. three hours on an escalator yeah because you had, you had to, to climb walk up, up so i just stage. stood so there, I just stood there. Stood oh there for three hours they finally came like to get dope. me <laughs> well hoot and holler maybe you can rescue us from this and <laughs> And, and, now Thank you. <laughs> and take us out on yeah. Irene Goodnight. Yeah. Here we go. And Jerry Springer's going to do the second verse. <laughs> I love Irene. God knows I do. I love her till the day I die. If Irene turns. Morphine and die. Irene, good night. Irene, good night. Good night, good night. Irene, I'll see you in my dreams. Take it away, Jerry. Sometimes I live in the country, and sometimes I live. 
to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'll see you.